Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to the seventh episode of the Megacast with Wes and Matt over in America, my good friends from Audio Rising and Surviving Your Past. Although there is a slight change to Matt's branding, which you're going to hear about uh, in this episode. Big thank you to you guys for listening in. Uh, Not a huge chat at the beginning, I'm just going to tell you that we spoke really mostly about Halloween, um, obviously being the kind of holiday that is happening now. I don't know if it's a holiday really. Um, I guess that's kind of how we see it at the moment. Uh, So we talk a little bit about the differences uh, in the UK and the US as to how that holiday has kind of grown over the last couple of years, Um, our perception of the day or the week or the the, the general holiday time, uh, but also how we have been affected or how we have seen other people be affected by the holiday as well. Uh, and for us, again, just a really nice chance to sit down and just have a little bit of a chat uh, and be really, I guess, kind of reflective and being mindful of some of the stuff that is affecting us. Again, it was really, really cool just to sit down and chat with Matt and Wes. I think we, uh, we've we had a couple of weeks where it's been longer in between some episodes and others, but hopefully we're going to get you guys with another episode around the start of December time as well. Um, so straight from Halloween into probably our conversation is going to be around the festive side. What we do finish off uh, kind of mentioning is that we are looking for you guys, if you're interested, to put forward some topics for myself, Matt and Wes to discuss on the next or the next few episodes um, that are coming up of the Megacast. So if you have got a topic you'd love to hear us talk about, um, please do put that forward to any one of us. Uh, I think we're we're fairly active on Twitter and um, obviously you've got all of the details for our websites as well in the description and at the end of the episode. Um, So definitely check those guys out and yeah, get in contact, get involved with the podcast. So thank you very much for listening, and I'm going to throw you straight into our, uh, it's, it's kind of the start of the conversation. We had a little bit of an issue, as we always do. Podcasting with each other is, it's interesting, it's fun, and not everything's perfect, and we're more than happy with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for listening, and here's the episode. <laughs> okay, so... We are now officially starting the episode <laughs> whatever of the Mental Health Megacast. I don't know what episode we're on, but I think it's number seven. I say it's seven, too, so we'll just go with that. Okay. Cool. All right, leader. Start us again. <laughs> okay. So what we were uh, – you talking to me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, uh, we were talking uh, before we got started about uh, – what Halloween means to us, whether there's triggers or memories or good things or bad things that we associate with Halloween. And Mike was was talking about what it's like on his side of the pond. And um, you had just gotten back from Amsterdam, I think you said. Yeah. So it's like I said, it was really interesting because it was kind of like going back in time for me. Like I'm used to I've seen Halloween as a holiday grow over here from something that's not really celebrated at all into kind of a fully fledged holiday um 
and going over to Amsterdam where it just it's yeah it's very much like it was here maybe 10 or 15 years ago where it's a case of yeah a couple of pumpkins here and there but it's generally just the shops trying to push it it's not something that they really seem to kind of have or invest in uh and then to kind of come back on the weekend of Halloween um and everyone to be like oh here's like me dressed up I'm going to a party here's all the pumpkin decorations and stuff and oh it's just like a bit of a culture shock in a couple of days to see yeah how much it's grown over here because I don't know a lot about like the history of the holiday but my understanding is it's very much it is an American holiday that has just gradually come across here for essentially commercial reasons Wow. Okay. And see, I was unaware of any of that. I didn't, that's, that's why it makes this so interesting mm. to me. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, I don't have a lot of I don't know, a background in, in the history as far as, you know, where, it, well, yeah, I guess, you know, like pagan rituals and stuff yeah. like that. But, but I guess it does kind of come from, uh, from the States as far as commercializing it. Do you imagine that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm surprised wow. it doesn't have an official sponsor. <laughs> I know, right? Halloween brought to you by, you know, four people. Brought and... to you by commercialism. Yes. yes. Exactly, exactly. Sponsored wow. by McDonald's. Yes. Halloween sponsored by <laughs> Taco Bell. Yeah. No, it's oh. got to be a brand that we've got over here as well. You can't have Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Bell. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You mean you guys don't have Taco Bell over there? Um, I don't think so. Um, oh man, you're missing out on such amazingly subpar tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's so. Oh, now I'm feeling like it does. Ex- I think it does. I, I take it back. I think it does, but I think it's very, very. Uh, it's a very small brand over here. It's not really well known. Um, I feel like I maybe have been to one now. Um. So yeah, I feel bad. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Don't amazing, <laughs> but yeah, it's not a big brand. It's not. It's it's not something like a McDonald's or a Burger King or anything like that. It's not on that same level over here. He does have Burger King, though. We found that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we've seen pictures of his lunch many, many times on Instagram. Yeah, and occasionally dinner. Oh, <laughs> door dinner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, if I did that, I'd blow up like a balloon. Oh, I've had so much in the last week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so no trick-or-treaters over there, huh? You're not, you're not um, sitting there? For, for, like, families, yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen this year um, because it's obviously on the Tuesday. So I mm. would imagine there was probably some yesterday on Saturday and there'll probably be some maybe on Tuesday as well, I guess. Um, I think it, yeah, sometimes it'll double up. Mind you saying that, I didn't see any this Saturday, so whether it'll happen next weekend, um, okay. possibly, okay. I'm not sure. But yeah, if you've got families, um, it can be a big thing, but you're not getting people go very far. It's generally sort of the road or the street that they live in and people that um, like their families know, so it's not a well, it, again, in my mind, uh, it's not the big thing that it is in America where you'll go out and you'll go around a, a much bigger area. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, over here, um, I, I guess all the big parties and stuff like that were uh, were last night for the most part because, 
because uh, you know the work week and stuff like that. And then Tuesday night will be all about the kids. You know, I mean, like my granddaughters, their their entire week centers around ha- Halloween, both you know at school and at home, and and that's that's just the big thing. You know, it's like Easter over here. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's, um, I guess it's kind of like Valentine's Day, and it doesn't it doesn't really serve a particular purpose other than sort of the commercial reasons to drive it. Like Valentine's Day, obviously being like a couple's day, but then Halloween almost has been made into like either family time or I think a lot for young people if they're going along to like parties, it's been made into a big thing for that. Um, but right. other than that reason, I don't, I don't know. Again, it could be a lack of knowledge of other reasons, but I, I just, yeah, there's not a particular reason for it. It's not New Year. It's not Christmas. It's not a birthday or anything like that. So it does seem just driven by that idea of oh, it's a a theme or a topic um, that can be pushed commercially, and that's where the growth comes from. Mm. And and was it like that when you were a kid too? Was it pretty much non-existent? Um, yeah, I don't ever remember it being a big thing. I think we used to do, um, like trick or treating, but we'd only go to uh, maybe five or 10 max houses. Um, so you're just going to basically the, the houses that your parents know. Um, right. And which yeah, is always a good was, idea. Yeah, that was it. We never really went anywhere in particular. I don't remember it ever being a big thing, um, in shops or stores um yeah i just I, not like i say not until recently do i really think it's it's been a big thing i think it's been a gradual growth over here which i guess is um we see similar things like although black friday hasn't been huge i think last year um like each year that seems to have grown with the deals that are offered and that idea that this american style holidays oh there's lots of money that can be made off that let's push that over to the uk where there can be a big retail market well black friday is not big over there i'm just gonna move over there (laughs) i I, I hate black friday oh the Mm. image i think it was two years ago um there was stuff all over the news where people were running into stores and pushing people over and um websites crashing and oh it's just it's hilarious like yeah there are some good deals and i think that's why it's died (laughs) off this year because the offers haven't been as good um i don't know if that's because of like the recession or like um issues we've got around like leaving the eu make financially a lot of the things that we get offered aren't as good a deals um Uh which potentially has had an impact but yeah it's definitely not definitely dropped down from a couple of years ago well, and then the internet's got a lot to do with it too, as far as driving it globally. I mm. think, you know, or, or regionally, however you want to put it, because of, you know, everybody's got their deals. Get your order placed before such and such a time, and yeah. you know, and so it's like a virtual Black Friday without actually having to leave the house. Yeah, and I think everything, everything's smaller and closer now, because it happens in America. Um, like if it happens over there, well, we'll see it and hear about it online. Whereas maybe ten years ago, we would have ha- would have had to have waited for that to be reported on TV or the radio. Um, so maybe sort of that turnaround in kind of information um, just makes mm-hmm. us more involved in everything, whether it's part of our culture or not. Right. Exactly. 
Well, what about you, Matt? What is what does Halloween say to you? Well, I mean, over here it is largely commercialized. I mean, every August there are these little temporary stores that pop up called Halloween Spirit, <laughs> and they 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 start they like they'll take an old vacant department store or grocery store building that there's nobody in it and they'll rent it for two, three months and they will bring in everything Halloween that you can possibly imagine. And they stay open through like the middle of October. I'm, I'm excuse me, uh, the middle of November. And they just have Halloween stuff out the yin yang of everything imaginable. And so it is all commercialized, um, big time. I mean, Obviously, there are a group of people who take it to a whole nother level, which is a whole nother topic. But <laughs> mostly for most of us, it's, you know, it's an excuse for the younger crowd to go party. And then it's a good time for families to get together and go out and get candy. Um, a lot of malls will do trick or treating because it's a safe place. A lot of churches will do it. Community centers, fire halls and stuff will make a place for kids and families to come get candy and food that they know is safe because there's all the, you know, you're, you're worried about all the idiots out there and everything. So um, it is all about, you know, the actual Halloween day is all about the families going out and getting candy. And then the weekend before, it's all about the adults going out and partying. So right. um, it's, really, it's, it's really just an excuse to get dressed up and go. Um, you know, go have fun somewhere, go drink yourself into oblivion, go eat yourself silly, you know, whatever you want. So, um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we would walk around the neighborhood and I would come home with like a gigantic, like grocery bag full of candy and, and, and popcorn balls and apples and oranges and all kinds of crap. And like, it would take you like a month to eat this candy. And, um, you know, but nowadays it seems to be, I mean, kids still like to go, but it doesn't seem to be near quite as big. Um, you know, people are staying in their own neighborhoods or they'll go to like um, a affluent neighborhood where where, the, where they know they'll get the good candy. <laughs> so, you know, instead of getting like a bag full of dumb, dumb lollipops, they'll get like Snickers and Twix at, at you know, the lower, you know, depending on whatever you go in. So um, you'll see a lot of families driving around and dropping their kids off for an hour while while they walk around a neighborhood that's. Um, you know, maybe a bit more ups- upscale or something. So it's kind of interesting. But I mean, overall, for me, um, you know, all my kids are older, so they don't go trick or treating anymore. But they enjoy staying home and handing out candy. And I mean, I I will sometimes do it. Sometimes I won't. It's really just I don't do a whole lot with it. I mean, obviously, it's a holiday where, you know, I'm not getting off work or anything. It's kind of like <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not really something that you necessarily, quote unquote, celebrate other than if you're going trick or treating or to a party, you know. So I don't know. It's to me, it's really all about being commercialized unless you're in that group of people who take it to another level in the religious realm and all that stuff, which is a whole nother topic, as I said. But right. overall, it's really just. I don't really – Halloween doesn't just do much for me anymore, to be honest with you. It just really doesn't. I mean, it's cool. It's fun. The kids dress up. You give them candy. You do you know, whatever. I mean, but um, it's not really something that I would really say I really get into a whole lot where I decorate my house and everything. I just – I think partly because I'm not quite into it that much, and two, I just don't have time to do that. Right, <laughs> right. That's – you, you know, you kind of you kind of made time when the kids were little, and then after yep. that, it's like, you know, you know we're done. Now – Nancy and I, we, you know, we'll, we go out on the patio cause we've had neighbors in the past uh, when we live in this neighborhood that have gone as far as, um, they used to barbecue, you know, in, in the driveway out front and people that come by, you know, they give out the candy, 
but they've got a hot dog and a hamburger and a bottle of water for mom and dad, you know, kind of thing. And, oh, nice. and uh, yeah, I mean, it was really kind of cool, but it's, but a lot of those people have moved out now and, and we just sit out there with a bowl of candy between us and, you know, because the dogs will freak if the doorbell rings and, you know, mm. so we just sit out there and hand out candy. And I told Nancy, I said, I said, we're getting old. But we're not old enough yet to be the old creepy couple that hands out pennies. <laughs> or I guess I guess these days with inflation and everything else, you'd have to give them like a dollar. You know? But there was always the creepy in our neighborhood. There was always the creepy person at the end of the street that always gave out pennies. And you're like, seriously, you know. I could have got a bite-sized Snickers and I get a penny. <laughs> and even when I was a kid, you couldn't buy squat with a penny. So you know. I, well, <laughs> yeah, and especially now you really can't. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not if if we haven't scheduled something to do with uh, with the grandkids, then yeah, I mean, like you say, Matt, you know, my kids are grown and and probably the ones sitting around going, hey, let's build a bonfire and go through a twelve pack in fifteen minutes, which <laughs> I've, I've done that plenty of times. That was fun, you know, but. <laughs> There's, there's just not that, there's not that, there's not that much to it, you know. It's. Do you guys have like the big haunted houses and stuff that go up there, where you are? Like, like around here, we have some really like, like nationally known attractions, like Field of Screams and cool. Jason's Woods and the Haunted Mill, where, and that's actually another big part of it too, is, you know, um, is going to these like haunted attractions where. Um, you know, you pay a fee, which is beginning more and more and more uh, just like uh, exorbitant. But you go and it's like a little mini amusement park that runs for about, you know, a month or two. And you go and you basically pay to get the hell scared out of you. Right. Exactly. And yeah. and there's a lot of places like we have the Halloween spirit stores out here. And then you'll have some that it's like called 13th floor or something where they they rent a. They rent an old grocery store uh, building or something like that, and they'll and they'll set up. They get volunteers together that are, I mean, artistic as hell, you know. <laughs> and they and they put together these these just crazy haunted houses and things like that. We even had one in the neighborhood, you know. Sometimes um, there'll be two or three haunted houses in in our neck of the woods that that make it on the news every year, kind of a thing. Nothing really in our neighborhood. We used to have a guy that set up a pirate ship in his backyard. Every his entire backyard was this huge pirate ship, and I guess the HOA made him take it down or something. He sold it all, and you know. But not not a whole lot. I mean, you know, it's a it's a big party time. It's like the Fourth of July, really. You know, where everybody's got. And the funny thing is, this is what kills me in our neighborhood. When we're out walking around, I'll say to my wife, "Look at this. More and more houses every year are putting up orange Christmas lights, is what I call yep. them. Yep, and it's yep. you're probably seeing it too, where your entire yard is decorated for Halloween, just exactly the way you would do it for Christmas." You know, it's it's craziness. And, you know, some of it's cute and it's it's nice for the kids and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you know, I can take it or leave it. Now, when I was a kid, I, you know, obviously not knowing what it was at the time, but having anxiety issues, I didn't want to go anywhere where I got the hell scared out of me. (laughs) Yeah, I just I didn't want to do that. That's why I'm useless at places like Disneyland. You know, I'm not I'm not getting on these rides, you know, (laughs) but um no, that's yeah. right. And I think, you know, when you when when you go down that whole mental health idea about all this and the anxiety of it all, hmm. I mean, that that's real for a whole lot of people. I mean, especially, 
people who, you know, lived in a household that wasn't healthy. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there were people who treated them badly. I mean, you know, maybe they had siblings who were constantly scaring them or terrorizing them. I mean, you know, things like things like, you know, the haunted houses and the haunted attractions and stuff. Um, and, you know, like you said, Wes, even like the stuff in people's yards, you know, with a giant skeleton or, you know, the Grim Reaper or, you know, the crazy ass clown or something. I mean, that stuff can be can I mean, that stuff can freak the hell out of people. And and for people with anxiety and, and some trauma survivors, I mean, it's really no joke. I mean, it can be very terrifying and, you know, a huge anxiety, um, you know, rush, so to speak. When you when you get in a situation where people are intentionally trying to scare the hell out of you, right? And and a lot of that is, um, you know, your adrenaline junkies, for example, that you know that just love that kind of stuff and and the thrill of it and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? My adrenaline gland is off in Never Neverland anyway. It's going off at weird times. I don't need any more. <laughs> I don't need any more heart pounding stuff than what I already have. Just the drive to work is is uh, terrifying enough sometimes. So I don't. <laughs> I don't need to set aside special days to have the crap scared out of me. <laughs> I think we've had this year. Um, there's been a growth of more of the, um, not necessarily like the haunted houses, but the kind of like zombie escape rooms and and stuff like that has really come up a lot in the last i'd say just kind of since the summer so the last sort of month two months um there's been a lot of of those type of experience activities um popping up that i think are up or have been up for like the last month or two maybe up for a little bit longer as well um so that's come up a little bit this year which i've noticed a lot more which is maybe as close as we can get to um, some of the stuff that you guys have. I know previously there's a few places near me that do the, um, I think they're like ghost walks or something like that, where they go around some of the old historic buildings and things like that, um, which aren't necessarily ghost experiences or anything like that. I think it's just meant to be, I don't know, I think it's more of a history type thing. I'm not too sure. Um, but on the, the mental health side, I think definitely this year I've been made aware of or noticed a lot more um more of the not necessarily the anxiety side but more like the self-harm side um that's brought up through like halloween costumes and the comments that get made and things like that um so i don't know like if we're talking about the mental health side of halloween i think that's a really interesting topic as well um alongside the anxiety of those experiences or activities that are going on i think the exposure to some and some outfits are pretty awesome um but the the inclusion of things like scars and markings and cuts can be really damaging and triggering for some people and i think it's important to kind of recognize that and work out like is there a reason or is there somehow that that could be done differently or i don't know i just think it's something i've never really thought of up until this year well no, yeah, and I think I, I think it's really true because you're right. I mean, how many um, you know movies nowadays are horror movies or you know kind of slasher movies as I call them, mm. um, where you know um, you know people are are dressing up in characters from some of these movies. And you're right, um, you know it's one thing to go out and dress up like you know Superman or Spider Man or you know Wonder Woman or whoever, and everybody loves it mm. and it's cute and it's cool and all that stuff. But you know, for a lot of people who you know struggle with self harm or 
you know, things like that. I mean, when you see a costume or you see people with, with, you know, makeup and body paint, mm. you know, um, um, depicting scars and big gashes and cuts and stuff. I mean, that can be, that can be definitely triggering for, uh, for a whole lot of people who struggle with it. So you're right. It's, yeah. it's something that I, you know, I don't, I don't think you'd always really think about. No. And some uh, of the, some of the outfits and the makeup and stuff are absolutely amazing. Like when you look at them and you think, Oh, it's just, it is a piece of art. Like they have gone to so much work and there's so much talent that's gone into essentially designing that piece. But at the same time, it can be really triggering for people. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's really um, – or, or uh, sorry, Wes, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. And I was going to say I think I think where, where it really comes down to is, you know, really just being aware um, of, you know, kind of taking care of yourself, you know, during during this time of year. Um, you know, just, just like you have to take care of yourself during, like, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas because, mm. you know, those holidays are, are uh, triggering for different reasons. But around this area – or excuse me, around, like, you know, the time of year of Halloween and stuff – you know, it's have to, you have to be really careful to, um, you know, understand what triggers you and why it triggers you. And, you know, if you're able to maybe not put yourself in a situation where you're going to be around something like that, if you know that, that it's going to be potentially, you know, causing you a lot of anxiety, it, there's no shame in, um, you know, kind of, uh, avoiding that party or, you know, staying away from the, some of the more extreme events, even if all your friends are saying, yeah, you know, let's go to the haunted house and, you know, see all this crazy shit. And then you're like, well, you know, I don't really know, but then you kind of get peer, peer pressure to go. Mm -hmm. But man, I mean, if that, if that stuff's trigger, you just stay away from it. And I mean, there's no shame in that. I know that. No, that's, yeah, that's true. And I think it brings up, I think it brings up a really good point. And like Matt said, I don't know that it's something that I've really given a lot of thought to. I think it's one of those things that I don't think about until I encounter it. And then something in me goes, okay, that's over the top. Or, you know, I mean, over my top, what, whatever anybody else wants to do is up to them. And that's, and that's cool. But, um, it's interesting though, cause while you guys are discussing this, I'm thinking about, um, like the slasher movies and stuff like that uh, back in our day. I mean, you know, Matt and I kind of grew up in the era where where uh, Jason and Freddie were kind of the big the big things. And and these days, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even watch those movies then because and I didn't know why. But it was because I mean, the easiest way to put it is it scared me. You know, I didn't want you know I didn't want it to be scared. And now I look back on it and I go, well, you didn't want to be scared any more than you already were just getting out of bed in the morning. You know, with uh, with the issues and stuff that I had. But um, but these days I can't even imagine the way special effects and things like that are anymore. Um, yeah, I wouldn't last five minutes in in a lot of these movies, especially if I was trying to watch something in a theater. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not gonna fly <laughs> with me. <laughs> But matter of fact, I watched the two hour documentary on the making of Halloween, the okay. original Halloween. Mm -hmm. And after that, I went back and actually watched the first two Halloween movies. First off, because Jamie Lee Curtis was in them. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, who is in recovery, by the way? I just had to throw that in there. But um, but but it was OK to see it. You know, I mean, it was on such a different level than it is these days, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that with I watched Halloween the other day and I was kind of interested, but at the same time I, I think I was more interested because I was watching it as if it was it's an older film that I wanted to watch rather than if it was something that I saw now. And I think I felt kind of a similar way about 
um, The Exorcist, like the first time I saw that. And it was very much like a, what's all the fuss about? And I think it's because you've got to bear in mind the times that those films came out. And they set a very different tone from what was acceptable or general at that time whereas when you see it now a lot of the like the jump scares or the particular scenes aren't i won't say scary but they're not um they're not as exposed or they aren't as aggressively violent as you see in a modern film and the reasons why i think the older films stand up more is because there is like the character development or a storyline there and that sits behind everything, or in front of, I don't know, in front of or behind, um, like all of the shocks and horrors and stuff like that. That's why those films last and why people want to go back and see them. Um, that could be. Rather than all of the more recent, crappier films that will have <laughs> multiple versions of the film. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. The first one was really good because it's something different, but I don't really need to see seven of these films. Um, right. So, yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> oh, dear. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a different a different time. I think for me particularly, actually, I watched, um, oh, I can't remember what the film was called. It was one of those ones on, um, uh, like, a streaming service that um, has got a back catalogue of stuff. And there, oh, it was just, like, some crappy... I can't remember who it was. I think it was just a horror film. It wasn't a Halloween-related one. I think it was just a crappy horror film. And generally, even if stuff makes me cringe, like, I can still watch it. Um, But there were two scenes in that film that I just... Like, I couldn't watch because I knew, like, they would set me off. And I had to close my eyes. And I'm like, come on! Um, And I don't... I don't know if they were really, really graphic, but I know they started to look like they were going to be really graphic. And this is in a film that's, it's not a mainstream film. It's not a good film. It's um, like, even if I could remember the name, I don't think you would recognise the name of the film. Um, and I just think that sometimes shows like where cinema uh, is going towards. And I don't necessarily have a huge issue with that because I know what I'm sitting down to watch when I watch that type of film. I can see the build up um, and you know whether you're happy or not to watch that. I think my thing with the, um, like the costumes and the makeup and things like that, comes more into like um, the example of going along to the party is a good one. Like you can choose, do I want to expose myself to that or not? Um, but with so many people sharing what they're wearing on social media, that you can very quickly be exposed to costumes and sites that you don't want to see, and then short of kind of not looking at social media at all which I don't know it feels weird like I really struggle with like Christmas and the holidays and I will kind of bear that in mind but I'm still going to use social media and I'm like so is that the same for people that struggle with these thoughts around Halloween I I don't know I don't know um I think for me, I mean, obviously, you know, the holiday, the holidays are, are, you know, triggering for different reasons, but I don't know that I necessarily, that I think about it now, avoid social media. I mean, in terms of like, you know, my uh, personal page, you know, on Facebook yeah. or whatever, I don't think I avoid it that much during Halloween, like consciously avoid it that much. I consciously avoid it during Christmas. 
um, mm. and stuff like that um, because of, you know, just kind of the triggering stuff that goes along with it and, you know, the stuff that, you know, I can relate to and you guys can relate to in, in, in your past as well. But I don't think for Halloween I consciously really avoid it in terms of, you know, being triggered about a costume or a party or something. If I would avoid it, it would be more along the lines of, of bringing up old memories of things I used to do as a kid or maybe never got to do or things that I can't do anymore after, you know, you know, my marriage ended or something. So it, it would be more triggering for different reasons in terms of the family get togethers and having fun more than probably for me, at least more than the, like, you know, the costume makeup side of it or, you know, the yeah. horror movie side of it, because I, th- I think, yeah, now that I think about it, I, I guess maybe I don't technically avoid it that much but maybe subconsciously i do a little bit but for very different reasons than um you know yeah. just you know yeah. avoiding being seeing seeing some kind of you know crazy costume or something i think for me um you know i i don't seem to avoid halloween and thanksgiving and easter and things like that as much as i do christmas but i think for me the majority of it is like what we were talking about in the beginning, the commercialization of it. You know, I mean, on Facebook, I'm going to see 8 billion posts that have something to do with Christmas. And every year it starts earlier. <laughs> you know, And I say that. And then, you know, I've been saying that for 20 years. You'd think it's starting the summertime by now. Well, they do have they do have Christmas in July. So I guess they do. Yeah. So but I, I think for me, it's just the oh gosh, here we go again syndrome, you know, because it's just ugh, I got two months that I got to put up with this kind of a thing. And um, um, but I, I guess I don't. Don't notice that so much when it comes to Halloween, because for me, Halloween is kind of here and gone. You know, it's not uh, it's not that big of a deal to me. So when it's over, it's over kind of a thing. Um, It's funny, though, when you when you're talking about um, the way things are depicted in film, you know, like if you look at a because sometimes I just get in these these um, these places where all I want to do is like if I'm watching something, I want to watch like, you know, movies from the, like, you know, Turner Classic Movie Channel or something. And it's got to be something interesting. I'm not going to sit there and watch a bunch of musicals from 1940. But I mean, some of the older um, black and whites and stuff like that uh, that I'll get into. And violence then was depicted, you know, like, you know, guy falls down, another guy standing up here with a knife. The camera stays on the guy with the knife and he slashes down and, you know, does it repeatedly. <laughs> but you never see the body on the ground. You know, now we'd see him in eight pieces, you know. Um, <laughs> it just reminds whereas, me of whereas like then they sex just, scenes they where it's two people oh, yeah. lay down and then there's a breeze oh, in the yeah. window and then it's the next day. <laughs> even, even TV shows from from 50 years ago, I, I sit there and I, I look at it and I go, you know, when I was a kid, I would have probably went, ew, he's kissing her. And now I go, that's not even a real kiss. Come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not literally in each other's DNA. So there, that's not that's, that's, <laughs> If that's I don't not get a, a warning at the Come start on. of the program about sexual scenes or violence, I'm not in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what's a good example for this for me, though, is um, – when, when I was a kid, because my mother was a lot like me, she was kind of timid. She didn't go in for the scary stuff. And, the, you know, like like she always told me when I was in high school, the boys you stayed away from were the guys that wore the T-shirts and, and had a cigarette and and drank beer. 
you know, and I'm like, you know, nowadays it's like 22 year olds with kids on heroin, you know. Um, but I remember, uh, I think it was like a very, very early eighties, uh, a movie came out and I, for whatever reason, I'm like stuck on sequels. I, I don't have to see them all, but I always want to know what happened to those characters after the end of that really cool movie. You know, it's just so sequels to me are a thing for whatever reason. And I saw in the paper, it shows you how old I am. I saw in the newspaper. Um, <laughs> What's a newspaper? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. You know what I'm talking about. Don't even lie. Um, <laughs> an advertisement for a movie called Psycho 2. And oh, yeah. I, and my mom saw, you know, that I was looking in the paper. We didn't go to movies when I was a kid because we didn't have the money, but still. Um, and she says, oh, I remember seeing the first one. It scared me to death. Well, now this intrigued me because this is not my mother's kind of movie. And so I said to her, I go, well, what, what's it about? Well, you know, because now there's a sequel I've got to pay attention to, you know. And so what I did was. Um, before the movie came out and I was going to see it, I went down and went into a video store and rented, I think I was working at the time, maybe not. Anyway, I rented the original and watched it and then went and saw the one uh, at the theater. And for whatever reason, that my mom told me that that was like the bloodiest movie of 1960. You know, now we would look at it and go, eh, you know, um, the shower scene, you know, they actually used Hershey syrup instead of anything that looked like blood because the consistency was right and it's black and white. Who's going to notice kind of a thing. Um, but for whatever reason, that movie series intrigued me. And I, I watched every single sequel after that, all the way to the end. And um, it was just it was fascinating to me. And I think part of that was because here's a movie my mother could tolerate that's considered a horror movie. When really, now that I look back on it, it's not so much a horror movie as a Hitchcock movie. Hmm. You know, it's so different than watching North by Northwest or, or Vertigo or Rear Window or something like that. But at the time, it was like. Uh, and I remember going and seeing the sequel and going, am I going to be able to sit through this? Because it was pretty bloody compared to the first one, quote unquote. But that's by like 1982 standards. Now you'd sit there and go, that's a wax dummy. That's not even a person, you know. I didn't know there was a second film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the irony of the second <laughs> film is worth seeing both of them. I've seen, the first, I've seen the first one. I okay. Well, you, you seen the second. see the second one. It's set. It was set in present time. It was 22 years later, and it is it, the irony of the movie. At the by the end, you're going holy crap, and yeah, it's you'll 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 catch it if you ever get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, that's that's fun. How you mentioned like. Um, you know, older and, and even, you know what, even like on network television today, I mean, like they are, they are pushing the envelope or whatever you want to say a lot more than, than, you know, stuff that we used to watch back mm-hmm. in the eighties or even the nineties. And, you know, before that, where, uh, you know, like you mentioned, if I, if I sit around and I watch, cause like, I love, I love the Lone Ranger. Right. I mean, like I grew up in Lone Ranger Every yeah. time somebody shoots somebody, it's like they fall over, but there's no blood. They just fall over and like, you know, their hands over their chest or something. And like, you know, somebody got shot, but you see nothing other than them, them falling down. And nowadays somebody's getting shot and there's like holes going through their head and everything else. So I, I think a lot of those old, all that older stuff too, 
now that we are older, we can sit back and we enjoy it just because it's, I mean, you know, like everybody loves the Lone Ranger, or, or at least I think they do. I mean, it's, it's just a great thing, but you know, the, the amount of violence that in there was, was in there was maybe just a bar fight or maybe, you know, the robbers shooting out, you know, the saloon or something. And there's no real kind of sort of violence. But, you know, today when you watch network TV shows and movies, it takes it to a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. it, it's really just about taking care of yourself and knowing what you can handle, and what you can't keeping things in, in perspective, if you're able to and understand that, you know, for some people, obviously they love the adrenaline rush. They love the horror. They love the slasher things because they can go home and they just forget about it. You know, life goes on. And then for other people, you watch some, something like that and you're traumatized for a week. You know, you can't right. sleep and you have to go home and watch some some like uh, Disney movie just, just just to get your mind off of it. So you can actually go to bed that night. Hmm. So I'm I'm always really careful. I mean, I horror movies and slasher movies never really did it for me anyways. Um, I, I do like suspense flicks a lot. I always have, but the, the other kind of stuff, I, I just getting the crap scared out of me really just doesn't really float my boat. It's not something I really need. So I usually tend to avoid them anyways. And, um, obviously there's more of that coming around on Halloween and especially some of the displays nowadays, but really, I just, I really just try and take care of myself. And if there's something that I don't want to go to, because either I, I don't want to feel those sensations or something. I just avoid it. And I'm like, you know what? Go have fun, everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you later for dinner or something. And, I, and, and I'm okay with that. And for a lot of people, um, you know, sometimes they can't do that because there, there's a lot of peer pressure from family and friends and spouses to go out and do something as a group. And maybe it's very triggering for, for some people and, and they end up going anyway. And then they're down for the count for a week or two afterwards because they're so traumatized by what they saw or what happened or it brings back memories of their childhood or something. So... I think, yeah, it's really all just about, you know, if you can handle it and, and, and you think it's fun, you know, knock yourself out more, more power to you. But for those of us that don't enjoy it or can't handle it or brings up a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. or memories of self-harm or something, just just avoid it and move on with your life. Because like you said, Wes, for Halloween, it's mostly it's here and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it just is. Yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would say, too, that and this this. This is going to, you know, for someone listening, this might cause you to have to look in the mirror, (laughs) which is hard to do. But, um, you know, if if you're uh, if you're a younger person or you have uh, kids that are younger, um, I would suggest not pushing them into things that they don't want to do in situations like this, um, because you can cause more harm than anything else. Don't don't. You know, and if by chance there's someone who's a teenager that's listening to this, don't call your friend a wimp because he doesn't want to go to the haunted house with you. Okay, there could be reasons why those kinds of things happen. And I think I think all of us can say that we've been in places like that where we've ended up doing things we didn't want to do um, due to that peer pressure that Matt's brought up. And and, uh, that was going through my head as soon as he said it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the absolute truth. And you can be ridiculed. Even parents can ridicule children and saying, it's stupid that you don't want to do this, or it's dumb that you don't want to do this, or stop being so, you know, stop being so sensitive or what. Well, guess what? <laughs> Maybe they're a sensitive person and you're not, <laughs> you know, right. and you might just, you might just have to let them be sensitive in certain situations. And, and what Matt says, I believe is, is completely true that if you're, if you're comfortable with it, um, okay, more power to you. If you're not comfortable with it, don't, 
Um, don't force yourself into situations that might be triggering and, and certainly don't force anyone else. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I, I can remember the one time, um, you know, not, not to really belabor the point, but when I was, this was not even all that long ago, maybe eight, nine years ago, we went to one of the haunted attractions around here and it wasn't so much, you know, like the scary people that were, you know, chasing after you or whatnot for me, it was more of going through some of those attractions where it's like really tight spaces and you have to crawl and there's things dangling on top of you and people are touching your shoulder and in the complete darkness. I mean, some of these are pitch freaking black. Like you can't see anything and you have to walk around and feel your way. And then all, and then all of a sudden, like you, you open a door and then and there, there's a strobe light in your face. And mm-hmm. so a lot of these things, Obviously, it's that whole shock and all type of stuff, but you're right. I mean, if somebody wants to go, if somebody wants you to go and you don't want to, don't be afraid to just say, nah, I'm good. You know, I'll meet you later or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for everybody who wants to go, just just be kind to those people who are with you, uh, whether it's Halloween, whether it's, you know, you know, with the upcoming holidays, uh, whatever it is, if somebody doesn't want to do something, man, just, you know, okay, that's cool. We'll catch you later and just let it go. I mean the peer pressure you're right from family and friends and siblings and whatnot and coworkers can just be off the charts. And when, when I went to one of those attractions, I left so unbelievably on edge. Like I was shaking from the anxiety, not so much of like the crazy people, you know, chasing me with a chainsaw, although that didn't help, but it was the strobe lights and, and, and the crawling around on the floor and all this crazy shit. And I'm like, no, this is just not fun. Like, I don't like this. And I haven't gone back since. Yeah. I, I'm feeling it while you're saying it, brother. <laughs> yeah. Especially the the small confined spaces, you know, and and the the strobe lights and stuff like that. I mean, it's extremely disorienting for a lot of people. Disorienting is that a yeah. word? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A- okay. Yeah. I I'm like the, the grammars. <laughs> I like the history. Um, the history lesson type stuff and and the going back in time and exploring it. I did that that Mike's got on on his side of the water. I think we ought to just go over there. It'd be more fun. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Wes you, and I are moving in. <laughs> <laughs> you wait until a couple of years' time, and they're like, "Let's get some haunted houses down here." <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Okay, we're leaving now. I'm done with yeah. I don't think we'd be coming over there trying to increase the commercialization, though. Uh, <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> we'd be going, eh, whatever. <laughs> if you're not into it, no big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's one of those. It's easier to avoid, I think, at the moment. Um, but that's changing, and I think a lot of that is to do with um, the stuff that we share online. Um, but at the same time, I think it's kind of cool in that, like, I've thought a lot more about it and being made aware of some of the triggers that other people have um, because of social media, because they've spoken about it a lot in the last week or so, and um, found out, like, a couple of people that I know really have, like, strong triggers around just, like, um, the site of like body injury so it doesn't necessarily have to be like cuts or things like that but just seeing like an open wound um, like seeing blood and it's all kind of I guess it's those conversation pieces that we realistically how often is the opportunity going to come up for that um, so actually just knowing a little bit more about someone and maybe being a little bit more conscious of like oh when I'm talking to that person like making sure that 
I'm not um, like overtly talking about like injuries or things like that. Um, are kind of cool to have learned about someone, and I think that opportunity sometimes is really valuable. So there is a positive side to it as well. I think is what I'm trying to go for. Well, and I think that's good because it, it's what you're talking about, Mike, is about raising awareness, which is what we're always all about anyway. And I think it's, I think it's cool to to be exposed to those kinds of things and and what people are saying and feeling, for the simple fact that it does make you a more sensitive person. It does make you more thoughtful, and and it always reminds me that a lot of the things that don't trigger me could easily trigger someone else, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when I've even looked back on my attitude towards certain people in certain circumstances and went, damn, Wes, how insensitive are you being? And it's I should be the most sensitive person on the planet when it comes to stuff like this. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, sometimes I lose sight of that. So those are good points. I think it also helps with like just, uh, I don't know, like recognizing and respecting some of the stuff that we struggle with as well. Even if this isn't it, you're like, oh, here's someone actually talking about something that they struggle with. And I guess don't always have the opportunity or the ability to talk up about that. And you say, oh, this is something I wasn't aware of. And it's something that someone else is going through. And then it kind of reflects back. Sometimes you think actually, yeah, maybe there's some stuff that we or someone else are going through that they don't feel able to talk about, but kind of, I don't know, I guess being more exposed to the fact that there are a a complete range, a very diverse range of um, symptoms, struggles, triggers um, that do affect people in different ways. And, um, sometimes holidays um whatever they are can bring that up and that does help uh with the discussion of mental health and some of the things that we struggle with yeah and i think with i think social media has has so much to do with helping to raise awareness as we know because we all use it Mm. um but it's also i think social media of course can be a double-edged sword around this like i mean just just that it can in so many areas obviously it's a place where there's a lot more things that can trigger you that that are right in front of you on your phone mm. 24/7 but there's also a lot of ways that you can feel supported and reach out and support others and share and join you know mental health chats and watch videos and and feel and find other people who feel the way that you do so for all the triggers that are out there, depending on what comes across your feed when you're scrolling through it, there there's an infinite amount of possibilities and opportunities for you to share an encouraging meme or you know send somebody a message on their post on their on their page mm-hmm. when they're when, when they're struggling about something and encourage everyone that in, in the midst of all the commercialized stuff that's going through at the time, there's also the people who are posting up encouraging, supporting understanding compassionate types of pictures and posts and memes or whatever that really help people connect in a way that we we obviously couldn't connect 15 years ago. And so I really, I think using social media in that way and being able to reach such a vast amount of people all over the world instantly um, is really helpful, not only in just doing things like um, the three of us are doing with our podcasts and our blogging and all that stuff, but reaching out to those people who struggle during these holidays, whatever they are with, you know, that just kind of compassion and I'm here, I've been there, you know, you're not alone type of stuff, which is like incredibly, incredibly helpful 
uh, especially at, you know getting into October, November, December timeframes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally and you're right. Agree. I mean, uh, yeah, and I think uh, survivors, whether you're a survivor of addiction or self-harm or trauma or whatever it is, we are some of the most compassionate people and, and understanding people in the world. But we also have times where we're like, oh, man, I, I really shouldn't have said that. Or, oh, man, I kind of screwed that up because we're human, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. I think it's important to really understand that for as understanding and empathetic as we are and, you know, we want to spread awareness and help people. Sometimes we screw up and say the wrong thing or, or we post something without thinking. Then we're like, oh, crap, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. But it happens, right? I mean, yeah. West Set, it really is. It's true. I mean, I've done it. I'm like, man, that was really insensitive. Oh, shit. Like, you know, way to go, Matt. But, um, you know, it happens because sometimes we are human, too, and we have emotions like everybody else. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I think it's good to remember that we're not – you know, we're not trying to put ourselves off as experts and, and never, you know, always being infallible when it comes to things like this. We're we're just as we're just as in need of, of correction and learning as as the next person. It's just, um, you know, it's a choice you make to, to either shut out the world or try to understand it better. And, um, you know, I think that's I think that's extremely important because there's a lot of people that will have a dead set impression of, and I'm a black and white person, but they will have an impression of a person or a situation and say, you know, they'll, they'll just pass judgment and not even really realize that they're doing it. And there's not anything malicious about it. It's just not really understanding where the other person's coming from. And I think that's, uh, I think that's something that, that we're all working on and, um, and trying to get better at. And we invite others to come along on the journey. Definitely. Yep. That, that, that's what it's all about is um, everybody coming together on this journey, inspiring each other, being compassionate, being understanding that for, for as much positive work that the three of us do and that so many other people do all over the world, all over the web, you know, uh, dedicating their lives in some way to helping others and raising awareness and, and doing things. Um, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, you know, even you can be the most knowledgeable person in the world about some particular topic, but eventually you're going to screw up. Something's not going to go right. You're going to say something and we're human. And you're right, Wes, like we are all, none of us are above, um, you know, continuing education and being corrected. If, if, if we do something that was insensitive, being called out on it, admitting our mistakes and owning up to it. And, um, yeah, I think that that's just part of being a human being along with part of being a survivor of, you know, whatever you're a survivor of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's why I love doing these podcasts with you guys because we're real. We are we are three dudes hanging out, sharing whatever the hell's on our mind, and you know we make no bones about our struggles, and we, we don't call ourselves experts. We're we're just real people trying to make a difference in our own lives and in the people who we uh, uh, interact with as best we can. Well, and what you're saying, Matt, reminds me of a quote that I heard a long time ago, and it applies here very well, is that, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, you know. So yeah. being being an expert doesn't mean that you are sensitive. You know, there's a lot of medical doctors out there that would never be uh, that would never win awards for their bedside manner. So, <laughs> you know, they can have all the knowledge in the world, but actually being able to show compassion is something that. Um, at least in my life, I see is a lot more difficult than I would think it is, you know, and I get irritated at people that seem like they can't be compassionate. And I have to stop and realize 
they just may not be very good at it. It may be uncomfortable for them. And a lot of times people will say something to avoid a pregnant silence and it will be the wrong thing and they're not even aware of it. So I try to be, I try to show a little grace there too because people aren't trying to be jerks all the time. They just may not know what the right reaction is. In many cases, there's not a right reaction. It's just being able to listen to and understand the other person. A lot of times it's not that we need to have all the answers and we need to let ourselves off the hook if we don't. But um, being able to listen to the questions is important, too. Oh, it's huge. And, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I, I listen to a lot of mental health podcasts and, and that kind of stuff because I enjoy those and I, and, and I enjoy the learning. And one of the um, a psychologist that was on there who's dedicated her life to working with trauma survivors, she said that, you know, for, for so often when she first started her practice and everything, she was trying to apply some kind of technique to her, to her clients, trying to, you know, well, this client's going through this. Well, let's try this technique or let's read that book or let's try this exercise. But what it really came down to is that when she did that, more often than not, she lost the connection with her client at the time. You know, there was a distance. The person would start dissociating and zoning out and all kinds of stuff. But when she just introduced simple compassion and empathy and awareness and just sitting there and listening and talking and interacting, that was more helpful, more healing, more engaging with, with, with the people she was working with than trying to put into effect the latest technique of, you know, when person A struggles with, you know, the symptom, apply strategy X type of thing. Right. And so just compassion and awareness are fundamentally some of the most amazing components of healing and, you know, um, interaction with people who are safe people. It's really just, you know, you're right. We don't have to have the answers and nobody has all the answers. We may have a lot of them about something in particular, but what it comes down to is somebody wants to be heard and they want somebody who's compassionate, safe, and just wants to listen and interact with them in a space where there's no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I think that's something a lot more people want than we realize. I think it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where, like we've said, you don't need to be an expert, you don't need to have certain qualifications, it's just, um, it's just having the time and the place, which you can do without perfect settings, um, and just listening a lot of the time, like, people generally don't expect you to get it, um, but just being, I don't know, just being able to give them uh, the time to talk about what what they what's going on or what they're struggling with or what they're thinking um, makes a huge difference and it's really interesting that kind of you've got that example of someone that is really really qualified has that professional setting and um, the best thing that they could do essentially was just sit there and listen rather than apply a lot of I guess theology to it. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it strange how that that works that way? You know, uh, the simplest solution sometimes is still the best one. Mm. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it is. It's so true. I don't I don't know. I guess it's not always that way. But I think for a majority of people, um, I think especially when we're thinking about um, like everyday situations where it's maybe someone that... Um, hasn't spoken before about the things that they're struggling with they're not gonna want that big like 
oh, how is your mental health? Just having like time for a one-to-one chat would make a real difference. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, what's uh, as we close up here today? What's um, what's new on your horizons as far as uh, as far as the things that you're working on? Oh, well, go I ahead, think it's one of us that should go first because they've got more going on. <laughs> it's not yeah, me. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna point at that guy too, but um, I don't know. Do we make him go last because he's got the best stuff? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's do. Let's do. I'll All right, Wes, first. go ahead. You're the yeah, leader. I'll go. You first. go first. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing going on right now. I have I have notes and scribbles. And and uh, little stuff that I pull out of my pockets every day, little sticky notes on um, ideas for podcasts and things that I want to get into. And um, this job I got myself into, I have absolutely no time or energy to do it. Um, but I'm getting back into it. I'm going to I'm going to get back on the air, so to speak. Um, but I do follow what you guys are doing. I follow a lot of people on Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, their different websites, and, and I try to stay engaged. But we talked a couple of podcasts ago about the exhaustion of social media, and sometimes you just need a break. And I, I kind of – I didn't plan for it to happen this way, but this this year has just been kind of back up and breathe for me. So, um, so yeah, definitely want to start getting into some other stuff. Um, as the, as the the year closes out, but right now, I'm in kind of a holding pattern. So that was me, uh, Mike. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think for me, um, the <laughs> podcast. I had like a little bit of a gap after the summer, um, but I am I'm pretty much I think now booked in with. Um, an episode every week up until the first or second week of January, which is really good. Um, again, like you, I've had a car, a couple of ideas that I kind of want to float with people, but um, I've been really fortunate that there have been a lot of people that want to come forward and share their story. So um, that's kind of got me going up until up until the new year, which is pretty awesome. Um, with the blog, there's a couple of bits and pieces happening. Uh, I really want to... I've I've got a couple of days off work woo, coming up yeah. over the next few weeks. Um, so I'm going to be taking a couple of Fridays off uh, and I'm hopefully going to be using those to work on uh, an event that I'm looking to put together for next year, which will be the South Coast Mental Health Bloggers Awards. Um, but it's something I've been looking into oh, for... Nice. I've been looking awesome. into it for a few months, probably about half a year now. Um, and it just needs, it needs that bit more time than I'm able to give it. I need to actually be able to talk and meet with people during the day, which I can't do when I'm at work. Um, so I'm hoping having a couple of days off will help me kind of organize some of that stuff for next year. So that's kind of, uh, where I'm at with stuff. Now over to the big boy. <laughs> that's awesome, Mike. No, yeah, yeah, Mike, that's like really cool. Like, I think that's going to be something amazing. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I always follow the videos when you post them up in your, and your podcast that I subscribe to on iTunes and whatnot. And you bring on some really like a very diverse amount of guests. So I always find it interesting. You know, sometimes it's talking about mental health. Sometimes it's talking about fitness and jogging. Sometimes it's about nutrition. I mean, I like your diversity a lot. It's it's really, yeah, I, I've been, I've been really lucky. There's been a few people that are, 
are willing to come forward and talk about their their mental health experience that aren't um, like mental health bloggers or podcasters. It's really not the thing that they focus on. Um, so I've been really lucky that those people have been happy to kind of come forward and talk about their experience in in what for us has become more of a normal conversation topic. Um, it's very much not for them. Um, so it's been pretty awesome to get those people to come forward as well. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. Cool. All right. We're done. See ya. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Now we, <laughs> nah, it's all good. Um, more over to Matt. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been like super crazy busy for me. Um, this whole year has just been like a whirlwind. Um, you know, it's, it's been flying by, but, um, you know, I finished my uh, certification, um, at the end of, uh, I guess it would have been end of September and passed all, I passed all my certifications, got yes. all my, got all my clinical hours in, got all my practice in. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I am now officially a certified life coach, which is just amazing. Um, it's something I've been working for, for a long time. So I have, thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm really stoked. It's, it's really kind of finding my calling after 40 something years of doing various odd jobs and then spending the next 20 some years in, in the computer industry of really realizing really what I want to do in life and where my calling is. And so I've got my certification. Um, everything's, uh, officially official, I launched um, my brand new website called beyondyourpast.com. That is up now. That is the hub of my coaching. Uh, you'll find information there about uh, my specialties with uh, trauma recovery coaching and life transition coaching. Um, I'm still doing podcast uh, and blogging. Uh, my blog, survivingmypast.net, that's still there. It's always going to be there. I mean, that's what started it all. That's what got me introduced to you fine gentlemen and so many other people who are just amazing advocates. So that blog is going to transition into more of just a survivor stories type of things. I say just as, but only like survivor stories. Mm. Um, and rather, rather than me posting on there as much. Uh, so I, I'm excited to kind of make it more of a hub where it's all about people coming and sharing their stories as survivors and inspiring others and talking about what they've been through and what they're kind of doing now in their healing and recovery journeys and whatnot. So uh, that's going to keep on continuing, but I'm really focusing a lot also on beyond your past and really beginning to work with some clients um, and work with those who are in trauma recovery, those who are experiencing major life transitions and family or careers, and really just um, embracing this brand new start of my life and taking my kind of journey to the next level of of, of helping others and really doing it full time. Um, you know, I have a speaking gig in Florida in February at a, a trauma survivors conference and some, some cool stuff coming up. Um, so I'm really just excited about what it is. And I mean, at, at, at my heart, I'm always a blogger. I'm always a podcaster. And, um, you know, I'm really taking this journey of coaching and working with others to a new level. So it's been it's been quite busy. Um, I'm trying to do a lot of, I'm, you know, juggling a lot of things right now. Plus I have my nine to five gig, you know, you know, just like you guys do and trying to fit everything in. There's just isn't enough hours in the day. And I find myself getting exhausted at like 9 PM where usually I was always a night out. Now I'm like, Oh my God, nine o'clock screw that. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm just completely tired, man. I'm like, I can't handle it anymore. I don't know what it is. So I find it, I'm finding sleep is a lot more important than it used to be, uh, you know, for me, but 
yeah, it, it's an exciting time, and I'm 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 grateful for the clients that that are coming on board, the people who are reaching out. It's really just something uh, incredible that I'm just I'm humbled at the connections I've made over the years, and I'm humbled with all the amazing survivors that that I interact with on a regular basis, and the people who I'll be working with now and in the future to really help them in the ways that I was helped. You know, because uh, it's all about you know, like we've been saying, nobody has all the answers. But it's about you know the compassion, the support, the empathy, and understanding what's coming, why 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 we're feeling this way, and helping helping you know people move forward from the things in life that have plagued them and caused them struggles for so much, and realizing that there is hope, and there is freedom from your past, and freedom from anxiety and depression, and all these things that we struggle with, um, you know stuff stuff that I am keenly aware of, and you guys are too, and I'm just. I'm excited for what's happening and I'm grateful for where this journey has taken me so far and kind of what's happening in the future. Matt, do you use your, uh, your main Twitter account, uh, for beyond your past or is that separate? Uh, well, and I've, I've done a lot of rebranding and, um, uh, you know, so far, um, I've, I've rebranded my Facebook over to beyond your past life coaching. I I've rebranded my Instagram to beyond your past. The Twitter handle right now is still surviving my past because I'm having some problems securing the username through Twitter. So it's a bit of a cluster right now. But um, for right now, I'm still at surviving my past. And when um, that gets changed over, I'll be sure and let everybody know. But yeah, I'm using social media um, to really just interact and um, engage with everyone, just like I always have. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for the people that are, um, you know, have enjoyed the blog and found it a source of encouragement for so long. And hoping that, you know, they'll, they'll continue to be along for this amazing journey now that it's on Beyond Your Past. Um, so yeah, yeah. Twitter's always going to be there and eventually it'll be beyond your past, but for right now it's still surviving. So it's something about past. I don't really know, but I have got one awesome. question I need to ask. So I, yes. I feel like I remember watching a, I guess it was a periscope quite a while ago where you were having a surviving your past tattoo so does this yes. mean you're going to be getting a <laughs> a new well, one actually, with the new brand? <laughs> he's going to be inked up. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I have a I have a survivor tattoo. It's on my left calf that I got. This is 2017. I guess I would have got this. Maybe I got it the spring of this year. Hell, I don't even know when it was. But yeah, it was earlier this year, I think. And that that is a teal ribbon, and it says "Survive, Thrive, Conquer" on it. So it's not surviving my past, oh, okay. but it is "Survive, Thrive, Conquer." So oh. I'm not sure if I'll get a a Beyond Your Past tattoo or not. That might be a little self indulgent. I don't know. But <laughs> um, no, no, I I do have the one that I'm actually really proud of. That oh, that okay. teal, teal survivor tattoo is on my left calf and oh, I, I actually in my it. mind I'd, I'd branded it in my mind <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting surviving my past when I went there and I'm like nah, maybe I'm just going to stick with my slogan at the time and so it actually it actually ended up working out because otherwise you're right I, I'd be in there getting either another one or getting it covered up or, and rebranded I don't know <laughs> yeah no no cover ups an extra one <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah more more ink Matt get more ink yeah. That's probably cheaper. <laughs> it is definitely, yes. It is. <laughs> well, um, whether it's tattooed on them or not, uh, Mike, why don't you remind people where they can find you? Uh, well, it's not <laughs> tattooed on me yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, all of my stuff's over at mikesopenjournal.com, um, so you can find out about the blog, the podcast, uh, there's a few YouTube links there as well. Uh, and also, obviously, I mentioned 
today uh, the Mental Health Blogging Awards. So there's a page up which gives you a brief bit of information about that. Um, and if you're interested or want to be involved, please do get in contact because I need lots of help with that. Um, obviously, the podcast is available through iTunes and Acast. Uh, and all previous episodes are available via the website as well. Uh, like the guy said, we're all on Twitter. Um, so you can find me at Mike underscore Douglas underscore. Or if you don't want all my ramblings and just want uh, information about posts and podcasts, uh, then you go to at open underscore journal underscore as well i think uh and yeah there's a facebook page you can find me on instagram all the links are through the website which is mikesopenjournal.com awesome thank you and part of my job is i uh my heart is about supporting and promoting these guys and many others um you can you can find me on twitter at uh wesa1966 uh, or the blog is, and, and my podcast as well are on, um, it can be reached through Twitter or you can find them at audiorising.com. I almost said surviving my past. What is wrong with me today? Wow. I'm completely out of it now. But uh, yeah, cross-pollination. We're all about uh, uh, not only living this journey, but also inviting others to come along. We want to hear what you have to say. You can email us. You can tweet us. You can uh, you can uh, come on and say you want to be on a podcast. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, one of us will make it happen, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We love, we love guests on podcasts. We do. We do. And that's something I definitely want to get into as we enter 2018. So all you people out there listening, all three of you, help us out. <laughs> Maybe it's four now. I don't yeah. really know. Yeah, you do right. realize when you say three, there's three of us, right? <laughs> well, I mean, not, count, not counting us. I'm sure there's okay. three more. And um, I, didn't, I didn't want to be arrogant about it, but I'm almost certain there's four. Cool, cool. There yeah. probably is at least. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, if someone listens and then they tell someone else, does that other person count as a listener? <laughs> and so on, and so yeah. on, and so on. <laughs> well, guys, this has been episode seven of the Mental Health Megacast with the three of us. And we're sorry, but you have been listening to all three of us for the past hour. And we thank you so much for uh, taking the time and um, just getting to know a little bit about us and, and our particular subject matter. Go back and listen to the rest of them. They're up on my on my site as well, and I know these guys have a back catalog. Listen to their stuff, uh, even separate from this, because it's, it's good, solid stuff. Guys, anything else? Um, yeah, just, just one more shout out. Definitely subscribe to all of us because that's how, that's where you get all of Mike's yeah. amazing podcast. That's where you find Wes's podcast. That's where you find mine. Um, you know, you can subscribe on, you know, as we said on Acast and, uh, uh iTunes for Mike, I'm on, uh, iTunes and Google play and Stitcher and Spreaker and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, just tweet us and interact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have a show topic that you want us to discuss, it'll save us from having to decide at the last minute. Oh yeah. Yeah. Suggest. <laughs> so yeah, if you can suggest topics, that would be great. That would really help us out quite a lot. Don't worry about that suggesting too many. Like we're, we're more than happy to hold them over. Yeah. Stuff, so. If you've got, if you've got like six or seven, go ahead and throw them awesome. out there. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't bother us at all. Now that'd be great. And <laughs> I'll throw in the obligatory, we would all like a watch for Christmas. A watch yes. that has a world clock on it. Uh, oh, well, but I'll, bump. I'll, yes. have, I'll have an Apple watch, please. <laughs> <laughs>
And if you have no idea why I said that, go back and listen to the other six, and you'll find various re- references to our inability to tell time. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing that grown men can't tell time. Well, to be fair, our clocks changed last night. And Ours some... change, what is it, in November, I think. But yeah. I don't and, mine do, and mine doesn't change at all. So this is yeah, why... I don't this is why how the clock's changing has somehow made it easier. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden scary. it became noon for me, and I'm like, I'm good with that. I, I can deal with that. That's not a problem. <laughs> Dear oh. Well, peace and long life to you guys, man. We'll, uh, we'll get together and do it again here in a few weeks. Yep, yep. We'll definitely get one more in before uh, Christmas, probably sometime, I'm guessing. Maybe like between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm guessing, right? Something like that? Yeah, probably. And it'll be more like an annual Christmas podcast where we talk about actual issues. There will be no singing and dancing. There will be no, uh, you know, narrations or anything like that. We're, <laughs> we're not going to read a Christmas carol for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. We have to keep it simple. <laughs> I feel a real need to dress up for a podcast. <laughs> well, I do have a Santa outfit. Can I? Can I? Can I wear that next yeah. time? That's again another subject, another another episode. <laughs> Let's talk about that next time. Yes. <laughs> or, lovely listeners, if you can come up with something better, please do it in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right, Peace. Well, take care, gentlemen. You too. Right on, dudes. All right. We'll see you later. All right. See you, everyone.